Welcome to Curtain Jerks on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Steve Sears. I'm Mark Warzeka. And Mark Warzeka's here today. Oh, man. Exciting times. Scott is out of town on a road trip. Mark doesn't know anything about that. I don't know why I looked at him. If I know. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, I'll just throw to Mark. Uh, you, like, so, threw to me. Should yeah. I just make up some details about yeah, Scott's so road Mark's trip? on his road trip. Well, he's headed to Hell in a Cell. Uh, he's taking a scenic route. Taking the long way around. That's right. And um, he's going to be reffing the uh, the main event between Rollins and uh, Ambrose. Yeah, exciting news, exciting news. We're comedians living in Los Angeles, <laughs> giving you the wrestling news as best as we can. It's more of a exploration of wrestling, I should say, as opposed to the news, <laughs> right, Mark? Well, yes, it's an exploration. That makes it sound so philosophical. Well, I like to think that. Last week, we really went into shitting a lot. Like, we talked about pooping a lot. Today, we're going to go a little bit more in-depth and talk about Japan. So which... the next, if you want to get more in-depth than a conversation about shitting, the, the, the next layer of depth is to talk about Japan. <laughs> yeah. saying... Oh, I shouldn't have made the connection, but thank you for making that. <laughs> Whoa. Everything all right? Yeah, that's the alert that says it's time to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's That means, that's the alert for me to get my act together. Well, we're that's ahead of schedule alert. then. Yeah. Uh, Mark and I both watched Bound for Glory. Yes. I really enjoyed this show. Okay. I did not watch the two main events. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> right, right, So anyth- right. anything, really the stuff that you'd be most impressed by, <laughs> I did not see. But I got to see all the stuff leading up to it, mm-hmm. and I was really impressed. I liked this pay-per-view a lot. You liked it more than I did. I did not dislike it. I just felt like the show was kind of there. I feel like, um, <laughs> this is a bold-ass statement, I guess, but I feel like in the 30-so years of the modern wrestling pay-per-view era, this is going to go down as having been one of the more unusual, uh, like one of the weirder wrestling pay-per-views of all time. Now, I it, was a, it was a bizarre show. You have the context, so for you... Things that you thought were weird, I just assumed were okay because it was like <laughs> what they were you shooting in Japan. It was in Currican Hall. Yeah. And it was the Wrestle One and yeah. TNA sort of mixed promotion. Yeah. I just assumed that was like whatever that was sort of weird was was done on purpose. There were a few missteps here and there. Like MVP was cutting his promo and he was sitting down. But then when he got up, he obviously hit his ring on a glass table that was out of sight. What? So MVP, MVP, I'm MVP, I'm cutting a promo right to you, and then as he stands up, you hear, <laughs> and he gets up, and he doesn't, he doesn't miss a beat, it's a real, it's like, it's a, he's a consummate professional, but for me, I was like, he just fucking nicked that glass table, and now I can't stop thinking about how he was sitting in a lobby somewhere at Currican Hall, and there was a glass coffee table. That table is like an antique from the Shinshuin era, <laughs> 1500 years ago. All of the, yeah, re- wrestling royalty has sat around that glass table <laughs> and had sushi and coffee. I felt like they had a bunch of different um, promos throughout Bomb for Glory, and a lot of them were really good, but I felt like they were... Um, all filmed, like, in the lobby of the hotel. Yeah, Joe, Joe, could you come the, over here? Yeah, Joe, like, I need to shoot your promo. <laughs> like, the night before Bomb for Glory, right after the Hall of Fame. And I felt like everyone was a little bit drunk in those promos. Yeah, it was put on your, like, you you had a little bit to drink, put right. on your sunglasses. Everybody was told to put on their sunglasses <laughs> because it was so bright in the lobby compared to where they were for the dining hall for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was surprised. Like, everybody was cutting good promos, but I They just, were good promos, yeah. I couldn't get past the glass tables, yeah, the, the weird gl- plants in the background, <laughs> the yellow pastel of the lobby, and the uh, the bellboy who kept coming up asking for a tip. <laughs> <laughs> that was distracting. 
Can I, I take your bags? Can I take your bags, sir? <laughs> I know I need these. I'm in I, the middle of a promo. <laughs> right now? Ah, <laughs> oh, television, yes. <laughs> There's such a polite culture. May I do a promo for you, sir? <laughs> uh, no. I no. will cut promo for you. No, no, I need I need to I need to build my own heat. I will Muta tomorrow! <laughs> no, no, no. I I will kick Tommy Dreamer's ass tomorrow. All right. I am Bully Ray. <laughs> all right, buddy. All right. All right. You don't want to cut my promo? You cut my promo. You I'll put you promo. through table. <laughs> Devon, get the tables. Uh, very good, sir. Uh, thank you. Very good. Uh, tip, tip, please, uh, sir. Yes, here. Uh, I will not accept tip. What? You just asked. We are this. too polite. No, no, no. Take this, please. Take no, this. I cannot. Come on, take this. I am too polite to take it. All right. What about? You want some candy? I got yes, candy. Yes. Ca oh, yes. You want this? Right. Kit Kat. It's, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> I assume that's exactly how. Yep. They were like promos shot on like an iPhone in like the lobby <laughs> of the hotel, but they were good promos. I mean, the guys gave good promos. That you know, we were talking about. You said the pay per view was a little bit short, also, and I was noticing that they would show almost entire climaxes to matches for Team 3D's Hall of Fame induction. Mm -hmm. So they showed Team 3D versus uh, Beer Money. Yeah. And then they also showed Team 3D versus, was it Animal and Steiner? Yes, it was Road Warrior Animal and Rick Steiner. Yeah. And what like, a they showed, weird match. They showed like the climax to these matches. Yeah. Like, and they like... But I also, to me, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But then I also was like, yeah, but a, in a pay-per-view in the 80s or something, they totally show you a huge clip from last week's pay-per-view or yeah. something. I didn't mind it. I assumed that they were doing it because they were short on time. Because that's just my guess. I didn't hear that anywhere. But the pay-per-view ran short. Really? It, and even with all the promos that they added in, the packages they added in, the, those long clips of matches, the pay-per-view still ran shorter than a typical pay-per-view. I thought they were... My guess was that they were doing it to fill time. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too. Is it, is it just a matter, you think, of the fact that there's that time difference and they sort of... Do they have a different television deal over there? Was it shown? Was it pay-per-view in Japan? I don't believe it was. So it was like was just shown on TV. I don't believe it was. I don't think it was shown on TV there either. I think it's gonna. I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but I don't think it was shown there live or on pay-per-view. It was maybe recorded for a future broadcast in Japan. Wrestle One. I mean, one of the things I thought was weird about the show is that you know, as you know, like I'm a big fan of Japanese professional wrestling, and it's like. So one of the things Whoa, that was... Oh, you, Mark? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, um, you know, Wrestle 1 is not a major promotion in Japan. It's maybe the number three or four biggest promotion. It's been around like a year or two. I, I, yeah, I said that to you at lunch was this whole idea. It's like, yes, uh, starting the legendary Wrestle 1 promotion started in... All the way back in 2013. Yeah, by, yeah, by the yeah, great yeah. Muda. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's just sort of a, right now, sort of a vanity project, I guess, for Muda. You know, Muda's a star and a legend. He started this little promotion. He's put up a few, you know, he puts up shows. Um, they draw very modestly. It's new. It's not huge. Um, and it, it would be... You know, I think it's probably fair to say, like, in terms of a U.S. equivalent, like, Wrestle 1 is, like, the size of or smaller than Ring of Honor. You know, so it's, like, it's not a big promotion. So that was one of the things that was odd. It was, like, it was sort of, like, um, TNA's, for the most part, like, not their main event guys. Uh -huh. No major titles on the line. So, like, small crew... Weird show is that Bound for Glory is supposed to be there, WrestleMania. It definitely wasn't that. No, it was. I, do you think it was bigger for Wrestle 1 than it was for TNA? 
must yes. have been, right? Yes. I think it was bigger for Wrestle 1 because I think that was a coup for them to get the TNA guys over there. TNA does air in Japan. Really? Yeah, it's not on a really strong station, but it does air in Japan. And it was one of the things that I actually thought was really fun about the show was um, the response of the Japanese fans in Korokin Hall because they. The thing about Jap- one thing about Japanese wrestling is the fans there don't it's a it's a different culture and the fans don't react to matches like they do in the United States. Yeah. So in Japan, the Japanese fans are not making noise through the majority of the matches. They're focused, they're intently watching and um and they're silent for most of the match. And then they only will make noise on big spots. They'll applaud or they'll cheer on big spots. So the fans were were clearly that were there at this show knew TNA and watched it in Japan. Yeah, they were chanting for TNA. Yeah, they were like, in, they were getting off on acting like American wrestling fans. So they were like chanting and cheering, and that's totally different. It's not anything you ever see, and it was unique to this show. So yeah. it clearly was like a special experience for them to get to like play American wrestling fans. You watch the crowd and during the pay-per-view, you get a lot of people that are quiet and silently clapping. And then you have other people that are chanting and feeling like they're at a rock show. Yeah. And like, I wonder if that's... I, I think you're right. I think there's this element of like getting to play the American wrestling crowd. That's yeah. It's like very liberating. And at the same time, I imagine how liberating it would be and kind of fun to go to a, like a Japanese show and be like, Ah, and be quiet. <laughs> oh, I don't have to do anything. Yeah, finally I can just enjoy the match. I don't have to, you know, be a part of the psychological battle. I can leave all my signs at home. Yeah, the only way... Look, I know The Miz is in a match. The only way he's going to lose is if I boo him, guys. <laughs> yeah, so it's like... But that was... They would sometimes, like you just mentioned, go back suddenly into typical Japanese wrestling crowd behavior, and they drop silent for, like combination and technical wrestling which is what they usually do mm-hmm. but it was really jarring at times and taz and today commented on it a couple times during the show because they were like acting like american crowd having fun cheering cheering and then they drop back into being silent japanese crowd yeah and it was jarring and especially if you're not familiar with japanese wrestling it probably seemed really weird you wonder what happened yeah like, wow these cold crowd cold crowd yeah, yeah 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 when really it's not that they're just being respectful now, so they had to explain it in the commentary. You recently did commentary. I saw this. I thought it was awesome. Thanks. This was for G1 Climax Tournament in New Japan. You yep. did a sub uh, for the commentary, correct? Yes. I, I tweeted it on Daily Motion from Curtain Jerks. Oh, it's, thanks, This is man. Okada versus AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. The match is amazing. It's awesome. And... It, I, it's even more amazing because I understand what's going on because you're speaking English. <laughs> well, you know, I'm such a big fan, particularly of New Japan Professional Wrestling. It's the last two years, it's just been some of my favorite wrestling I've ever seen in 30 years of being a wrestling fan. And I used to do a little play-by-play and ring announcing, uh, you know, in the, in the indie scene in the 90s before I started doing comedy. And I miss that. And I run into so many fans who I just, they're wrestling fans, and I just really know that they would love New Japan, but the Japanese commentary is a barrier for them, mm-hmm. and it makes it hard for them to access it. So I did, I went on and uh, as a passion project, dubbed a few matches from G1. I think we got five of them up there total right now, with Okada and AJ as the one that's got by far the most views. Such it's a, fantastic. It's a potential match of the year. And um, they're really great, and um, it's a passion project, and it's on Daily Motion. It's dailymotion.com uh, slash uh, NJPW English, and 
if you're interested in New Japan, you haven't watched it before, I hope it could be a cool access point for you with the English commentary to help explain what's going on and maybe bring you into the rest of the product. And New Japan is aware of it. They know that we're doing it. Thus far, they're cool with it. Um, they're going to be offering their January 4th um, uh, Tokyo Dome show, which is like their WrestleMania, here on United States pay-per-view, which wow. is going to be a major thing. And um, so, you know... Are they going to do American commentary? With English commentary. And um, so we'll, we'll, you know, for now, um, this is the a cool way to access it with English commentary. And then we're all going to get a chance to watch, uh, you know, the Tokyo Jump show January 4th on regular pay-per-view with English commentary, which can be cool too. So you're essentially doing like a fan dub, but commentary. And you were, this is solo. You were doing it like from the match I saw. It was just you talking and it was great. It yeah. wasn't distracting. And what I, what I guess what it was interesting was... To me, you explained the different culture. You said, like, it's very quiet. Do you feel like that was... Did you feel like you had to do a lot of explaining? Because you also did a lot of backs, like uh, backstory for the match also. So I didn't know Okada at all. I knew AJ Styles. But you explained about the Bullet Club. You explained about AJ coming in. You explained about the history between Okada. Was that your idea? Was that... Did anyone talk to you about yeah, that? Yeah, I just took the approach of... It was just my idea, and I, I took the approach of... Uh, if a new fan was watching New Japan for the first time, ding, what <laughs> what would they want to know? What would help them enjoy it? So yeah, my commentary approach is assuming that the fan watching does not already have a deep product knowledge of New Japan, because the folks that are already into New Japan and watch it a ton, they know the backstory, they know all the stuff, they get it, they watch it with Japanese commentary all the time, they're fine. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of was seeing this as a service for the new fans. So a lot of backstory, a lot of explaining who the wrestlers are, where they're from, why this match is happening, what it means, and the cultural differences, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, by the way, that Mike Tanay did a phenomenal job uh, announcing the Bound for Glory, Glory yeah. pay-per-view. He was so good on that show. You know, there's a reason his nickname has been The Professor, you know, for the last 20 years. He really knows so much about the history of wrestling and international wrestling. And, you know, I try to do my best on our little channel. And I thought Mike Tanay was just phenomenal on the pay-per-view. Yeah, I feel like watching, I watch Bound for Glory and I watch your stuff back-to-back. -back and, like, I guess that was seeing uh, the Okada-Styles match and then seeing Bound for Glory. I could see the differences that you were mentioning, but, like... Tanay really felt like he kept it sort of accessible to me. Yeah. And I think the what you described in terms of telling storytelling, so did Tanay do, but it was like, for you, you had a, only one match. You didn't have the entire pay-per-view. Right. So in one match, we got the Star Wars scroll pretty much <laughs> throughout, the, throughout the match. Yes. It was great. Like, it was awesome. You got I got all the information. But I, I can now I understand also about the sort of weirdness you were saying about the pay-per-view because compared to one match I saw, it was very tight sort of a very sort of out-of-place WrestleMania-esque match or pay-per-view with Bound for Glory. Yeah. Well, I think one perception that I think I fear people might have watching Bound for Glory is that, like, because uh, you always hear about how great Japanese wrestling is. And I don't want to take anything away from Wrestle 1 or the guys we saw on that show. There's some really solid workers on that show. But that... Wrestle One crew is not the top stars of Japanese professional wrestling. There's some great guys on there, but it's not the top guys. You know, the top guys are in New Japan right now. That's the major promotion. So if you did like Bomb for Glory and dug some of what you were seeing, um, definitely I would encourage you to check out New Japan stuff. It's really, really great. Yeah, I guess you could call Bound for Glory the gateway drug. <laughs> 
your drugs for you, sir. Uh, sorry, I'm doing. I'm cutting a promo. Right for now. your promo. I'm cutting a promo. Energy right drug. No, no, no. I'm, I'm cutting a promo. Oh. Cocaine. <laughs> uh, cut it. Cut, cut it. Bob, cut it. Cut the. Cut the mic. Panda gland. Gland of panda bear. No, no, no. For I'm, energy. No. Make you feel. No, I'm sorry. Is that a tiger penis? Yes. I'll take the tiger penis. I don't. I redub that. I will insert it in you, no, sir. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of um, gateway drugs and... I thought you were going to say speaking of tiger penis. Yeah, it's like, of... if you're about to come up with a segue out of tiger penis... <laughs> speaking of tiger God penis... God bless you, Steve. Speaking of tiger penis, Dixie Carter mm. made a huge faux pas on Twitter yeah, 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 recently. Yeah. Mark, um, I'm blown away by this. You brought it to my attention. I think it's utterly horrific. Yeah. But right before the Bound for Glory show, she tweeted, there's a storm coming... And she showed a satellite picture of the typhoon. That's the right. The actual typhoon that's headed towards Japan. Mm -hmm. And I like, granted, and she was like, it really felt, uh, I feel, um, it was compassionate. She was reaching out. She was worried about the state of, <laughs> you know, the country of Japan. Mm -hmm. And just sort of making that sort of like, well, the pay-per-view is, is one thing, but this is a bigger issue. You know, the ty it's a typhoon. People's lives are at stake. And then an hour later... Or two hours later, she tweeted the same tweet, pretty much. There's a storm coming. And she took the same satellite picture, but she put James Storm's face in the eye of the satellite. Picture. Yeah, I have it up here. It says, a, it's Dixie Carter tweet, the storm is coming. Storm is capitalized, because she's referring to the storm, but double entendre, but James, James storm. storm. Yeah. And the hashtag bound for glory. And she's a satellite image of this really dangerous typhoon that was about to hit Japan. And she stuck the, like a Photoshop James Storm's head in the middle of it. And it really, it's, this sounds like something we would make up for this show. Yeah, it's true. She really t tweeted this. You can Google it. Uh, it's on, you know, she took it down about an hour later and apologized for it. But a bunch of people, of course, screen captured it. And it's on a bunch of wrestling websites. So, yeah, maybe a little uh, insensitive. Well, if you think that's insensitive, Mark, mm. I had to get answers. Yeah. So I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you. Uh, last night, uh, regardless of the time difference, yeah. I called up Dixie Carter and I have that I have that phone script of that well, this, thank of you. this conversation. Take a listen. Hello. Uh, hello? Hello. Hi, uh, Dixie, this is Steve Sears from Curtain. Oh no. Uh, look, I am Not now, Steve Sears. Not now. I understand it's late. I'm having a martini drink. Oh, I, I suppose that... I'm having a little nightcap. Uh, well, I'm not sure what time it is there, but Steve uh... Sears, it's 10.30 p.m. my time wow. in the South. <laughs> I guess I should have easily checked that time difference. This is so late for a dainty lady like Dixie Carter. No games. For a Southern Belle like me. No games, Dixie Carter. It was very un-Southern Belle of you to tweet that about Japan and the storm coming. I was just about to take my Benadryl to knock myself out for the night. The, and now you're calling to ask me about tweets and you twats. Should, you should not be mixing alcohol, twats, and tweets, and Benadryl. You should not be mixing any of those things. Listen, Stacey, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let... You know, for the curtain jerks, I tell the truth. Thank you, Dixie Carter. Thank you. I may have taken that tweet down, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> wow. Well, I thank so you for your funny. honesty. I thank you for your honesty. It was so funny, Steve Sears. Well, I granted a storm. It was a double entendre. A storm was, in fact, coming to Japan. And, the, and so, James Storm was 
was coming too. No, that's, that's the what real I... storm was coming. Yes. And James Storm, the wrestler, was coming. Yes. And yes. you could say Storm and mean them both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Dixie, this is true. Now, but don't you think it was Ooh, a little bit insensitive? I am so high right now, Steve. Uh, I'll try to bleep that out. I don't know. I had I these special new cookies shipped to me uh, from Colorado where it's legal. Uh, uh, legal. Weed cookies? We yes! <laughs> <laughs> we cookies and goldfish. You know the cute little goldfish yeah, gold that they sell? Yeah. The crackers. The crackers. Oh, yeah. The tiny little The tiny crackers. little crackers. Except these ones have marijuanas in them. Uh, Dixie, Dixie, please. They I... should add some proper dosage information because I am not sure how much to take. So I just say to them all, and I'm a lady. I do not chow down like that you know what the proper dosage thing i think is very important. i'm a lady because i they says if you get an entire cookie and it says five doses it's like does that mean i have to do do i have to get a pie chart that's right do i have to get a little pizza cutter uh, speaking of pie i just ate a pie <laughs> i'm starving since i had all this weed oh you know what Dixie? i ate an apple pie and i feel fat like that new knockout champion we have right now <laughs> who is that what's her name the Big fat monster one that beat Gail oh, Kim. She looks like Lady Kane. Typhoon. I think her name her is Typhoon. Her name is not Typhoon. Is it, it should be. Well, there's a storm coming. <laughs> I would be, uh, I would be strung up if I didn't get, if I didn't ask you about these other tweets. What? But I, there's several other tweets that seem just as, as offensive. Oh, as here we go again. Now, what about this tweet? Is this Ebola crisis in Africa isn't nearly as bad. I can't... What is the rest of it? What? This Ebola crisis in Africa isn't nearly as bad as Spike TV canceling impact. <laughs> that is... That, that is, is the truth! Over 3,000 people have died in Liberia. We have? Well, think of how many people are going to die of broken hearts when they tune in on Wednesday in January to Spike TV and all they see is some cops rerun or some stupid Adam Carolla trying to get a contractor to fix your house reality show. You know what? I would be very heartbroken if I was to watch. You know what? Of I, course I you would. You. If I you tried know, to watch TNA and I saw Adam Carolla with a house flipping show, it would be pretty tough. We have a, it's a contractor show. Oh, what did I say? House flipping show. You are, Dixie, even high as a kite, you are sharp as a tank. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's, oh, think of, it's a million people watch our show every week. That's a million broken hearts. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Boko Haram, Who? Uh, it sounds like you just said Boko Haram. You also have I another did. tweet about these 200 missing girls That's in right. Africa mm -hmm. that were kidnapped by the Boko Haram. That's right. And you made another alliteration to alliteration or another connection to TNA. I just said if Boko Haram would have kidnapped our knockouts division, they'd have knocked Boko Haram right out and escaped. Wow, well, you know. <laughs> Hashtag bound for glory. <laughs> you know what, Dixie? I... There's are some tough girls, Dixie, especially that... that new fat typhoon girl. Is her name the typhoon? champion typhoon? Is her name typhoon? It's either typhoon or cyclone. <laughs> 
These are really controversial tweets. You're taking these really horrific events and you're relating to real. Hey, we, I'm just saying that we have strong women in the knockouts division. It's not a bunch of pansies like them t WWE divas. All right, I hear you. I hear you. I'm saying our girl, those divas who get kidnapped like those girls and just sit there for like with Boko Haram. But the knockouts would knock them out with a punch to the head or head scissors. Yeah, it's true. I feel like it most likely be a head scissors. That's right. right. Well, Dixie. Well, I'm all I'm almost done with my martini nightcap. Oh, so are you calling it? Are you I'm calling just it? saying, come over. Ah, uh, Dixie, I couldn't. I couldn't. What? I'm across the Come over, and tweet the... with me. It'll be fun. I, I would feel like I get in a lot of trouble if I tweet. We could just lay in bed and tweet and see what happens. To you know what? Scott us. is the tweeter amongst us. He's the one who really gets the. Scott is... Nava. He's road tripping his way to me right now. He could very well be passing by. He's been texting me all day. Really? What did he say? He said, I want to put my bound in your glory. Oh, hey, thank you, Dixie. Thank you for joining us. Bye! All right. Oh, man. I cannot wait to play this for Mark tomorrow. So, anyway, big news with that. <laughs> Dixie Carter. Big news. Uh, yeah. Uh... You brought to my attention that the WWE DVD with Sting has come out. Yes, it's come out. And it's 30 minutes of the, uh, is on the WWE Network? Yeah, they did like a sneak preview of it. They put 30, It's one of those anthology DVD sets mm -hmm. like they've done for a lot of the big stars over the years. So um, it's like three discs, tons of matches. There's no full-length documentary. It's just matches and they talk a little bit between them. Can you give me a preview of the preview? Or but was they, that it right there? I guess that was it. But they put, 20, they put 30 minutes up and up for free on... Well, not for free. I mean, you have to buy the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. <laughs> but there's thirty minutes of it up as like a sneak preview on the network. That was fun to watch. I mean, I was like a fan through the through. Really, I watched almost all of Sting's career. You know, um, WCW two. Yeah, because I started watching as a kid in '86, so I've pretty much seen his whole run. So it's really fun. Wait, he was only in WCW. Why did I say WCW? All TNA. Oh, that's right. You know, I mean. We've already, we've already forgotten. Yeah, his but TNA run. like Sting and TNA is like the equivalent of like human existence in the universe. It's like if you have the galactic calendar, if I could get like Neil deGrasse Tyson for a second, what? like if you have the galactic calendar and you send no. it out and you have every month and every day of every month is no. like the birth of the universe no. at December thirty first, the end of that first year of universal existence. We're in the very corner. That's Sting's career in TNA. Right? I will. I am not smart enough to understand this analogy. Well, I guess I'm we, sure there are some NASA JPL employees that are listening and understanding right yeah, now. Yeah, completely just some scientists yelling, there yelling at their speakers. <laughs> uh, but I guess I just did he make a big enough impact in Impact to like warrant it? Like I I, I watched. His match, his final match with Hogan in a movie theater, I think. We were there together. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. You were there. And it was like, it was just weird. It was uncomfortable. It was like watching your grandpas beat each other up. <laughs> Have you watched your grandpas beat each other up? And yeah, I feel like it now that I've seen Sting versus Hogan. And it was like, it was Hogan. Like, Hogan wasn't quite Hogan. He was wearing jeans and yeah. a red t-shirt. And it was yeah. like, and Sting hasn't taken his t-shirt off in a hundred years. Right. And there's just I bet Vince McMahon's not going to let him wrestle in any t-shirt. No, what do you think? Get that t-shirt off, goddammit. Get I want to see those legs. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the gym, goddammit. Yeah, like You're so taking that shirt off at WrestleMania. Yeah. 
We're going to take your hairline back even further. <laughs> going to call you Stung. <laughs> I want old Sting. I want bleach blonde, spiky California Sting from Blade 80, Runners from '87. <laughs> they should do that if Sting came back one final run in WWE, blonde hair. That'd be super intense. It'd be terrifying. It'd be weird. It'd be real. That's that's what I wish there was more of right now, and that's why I'm so happy about Ambrose and Rollins and like those guys are weird. They're weirdos. Are weird. Like, yeah. They're doing... But Ambrose's whole character is they call him a lunatic. Yeah. We were talking about this at lunch. That or, That's what Orton's character should be. It should be... Orton should be this, the craziest guy around. For a little while, he was. Right, because in real life, he is. Yeah, exactly. He's a fucking crazy motherfucker. So you need a you need a program between the two of them, and it's like, who's really crazier? The guy wearing jeans and a t-shirt, or the guy who's wearing underpants and, like... <laughs> RKOing people out of nowhere. Also, you guys, Steve and I had lunch together, okay? Yeah, I feel like I've been name-dropping this entire podcast. <laughs> I know Mark. We had lunch together. <laughs> um, I know Steve Sears, and we have lunch every yeah, now and then, we okay? Have, every once in a while, we have lunch, when, ho- according to Mark's schedule. It's Hollywood, guys. Yeah, it's, it's Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> it's business. I just realized now you're wearing a Star Wars t-shirt, <laughs> which made that Star Wars scroll bit. Maybe me. that's how it got into your head. Yeah, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. But yeah, I mean, Sting, you know, he if his matches, uh, some of his 80s matches and 90s matches in WCW were really great. I mean, he's not an all-time classic, like, technical wrestler or anything. Mm-hmm. His feud with Vader was awesome. He had so many matches with Flair, especially that first Clash of Champions match. That's worth watching. I'm ex- I think I think it'd be great if he comes and has that one final big match at WrestleMania. Do you think it's one match, or do you think it's like six weeks of lead? like? Is it him getting pinned by everybody in WWE, or is it like? Yeah, you- I feel like there's got to be a little bit more than one match. I want more than just one match. You know, in a dream, you know, I would too. I think what'd be really cool is if he signed for a year. And he did every pay-per-view for a year. And he just has a series of matches against guys you'd want to see him against. Yeah. You do Sting against Randy Orton, Sting against Seth Rollins, Sting against Triple H. You know, just do a do a series of matches. Cena, Sting against Cena. Sting teaming with Cena. Like, for me, that'd be really fun. I don't know if, um... I don't know if, like, a younger generation feels that same way about Sting that mm-hmm. people of my generation do that kind of came up on him in the 80s, but... I'd love to see that, but all the rumors that we're hearing is going to be one big match at WrestleMania, so we'll, well see. I mean, I, I'm, I'd be excited to see anything that he's a part of. I just want to see him a part of something. Yeah. And I think, like you said, everybody loved him in the 80s. Like, the 90s and, like, the early, the late 90s, he was the coolest wrestler. He was Absolutely. The, like, he came down from the rafters, he carried a baseball bat he never used. Like, he was just really fucking cool. Yeah. And... Uh, I remember in WCW was the first time I ever saw one guy versus thirty, <laughs> but he like I believed it because he was. It's he amazing was, that company went out of business. Yeah, isn't I it? can't believe it. But he like he would they'd be on the ropes and on the outside and he'd fight them and they wouldn't be able to get in. But in WWE, as soon as you saw more than three guys like involved, oh, the hero's gonna get beat up. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was never that element. There was never that kung fu element of I'm gonna take on each of these guys one on one. Yeah. And Sting was the first guy I ever saw like. Just take on a bunch of guys. No, like it wasn't. They didn't dogpile him, but that's because they took their time. They did it the kung fu style, like, right? One guy at a time. And he had his bat. Yeah, and he, had his bat. <laughs> he hit people with a bat. But I guess he did. Hit people <laughs> but if he was doing like several matches with people, how do you 
maintain that momentum. That's I don't know. I, I think it's here. hard. Yeah, like you can't have him lose every match and you can't have him win. Yeah, I match. think it's hard. I think that's part of what's hard about it. You know, maybe he just, he is like 57 years old or something too. Ooh. Yeah, he's older than Looks you. Looks great. I know, he's older than you'd think he is. Like yeah. he's he's in his late 50s. It's like, so it may just be that one match against Undertaker I don't. I don't know who else it would be. You could do like a. You could do Sting against Big Star. You could do Sting against like Mid Car or Smaller Star, and just have it be the Sting Special Attraction Retirement Match. Like yeah. we're gonna see him beat a guy. We're gonna see him beat Cody Rhodes or something. I don't know. Well, I'd but, love to see him and like Ziggler. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, something and, like, like that. I mean, you know, would be great. I think this is what I like about Japanese wrestling from the stuff I watch. Like was. There's an element of seriousness to it. Yes. Where if you just have, if you don't have them really cutting promos or just sort of talking to the crowd or even really interacting with the crowd, it really does feel like the story is taking place in the ring. Like imagine Ziggler being serious going into a match with Sting and he's not flicking his hair around and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a moment I feel like character can be downplayed in a way that somehow then elevates the intensity of a match. Like, like, uh... This is a terrible example, but uh, Bill Hader like cracking up when he hosts SNL. It's mm-hmm. a, a terrible example, Steve. No, but it's like, in a way like <laughs> Bill Hader's like a, he's a main event player on SNL. Right, like, he's very funny. Him cracking up or sort of being just outside of what his character was brings the audience in even more. And I feel like that whenever that happens in a match, it almost feels like a shoot, or it's like, ooh, this wasn't supposed to happen. And when characters sort of like when they drop characters, sometimes sometimes it's interesting. Other times it's horrific. Randy Orton, Shawn Michaels just looking like they're being babied or whatever. I mean, right. It's really funny me talking about really high power, like really talented wrestlers. Being, yeah, when they do this, they're not really good at it. <laughs> there's something about that. Like, well, I feel like when it comes to retirement matches or something, there's a seriousness there. And I feel like if you plug in the right person, they can really capitalize. And it doesn't have to make their character over. It makes the person get over. Like, mm-hmm. Ziggler is no longer the show off. It's... Ziggler is synonymous with these wins opposed to the idea of the gimmick, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think another thing that's a little bit funky about the whole Sting and WWE thing is that he ne- he's the one big name that never went there. He's the only guy yeah. that never went. He was in NWA and WCW and worked for Bill Watts and... And even when WCW closed, he didn't go. He went to TNA all those years. And Vince McMahon does not like to put ideas over or things over that were not part of WWE. Yeah, or WWE history. Or WWE history because it's like it's a funky place to be in terms of promotion. Because like how do you both – how do you at the same time say this guy's one of the biggest stars in the history of professional wrestling – and say, but he never wrestled here. Yeah, it acknowledges the larger wrestling world Which in a way do. that Vince McMahon yeah. never ever likes to do. Uh-huh. So that may be all the more reason for Sting to just come in and do the one match because a longer run in a longer run, he's probably not going to get treated great by WWE. I, I, now that you bring that up, <laughs> I'm like, Sting, get out of this. Yeah, <laughs> your life is in danger. They are going to. Buried. He should do the one match at you know he could do the one match at WrestleMania, have it be his retirement match, have it be a cool match on that big stage, and then WWE will do a good job marketing his image and his legacy in retirement. They'll sell the action figures, they'll sell the DVDs. Yeah, the he could be on the part of the network on the interview shows, that kind of stuff. But 
I don't know that they would treat him well if he was in wrestling on a longer deal. I think you're absolutely right. Thinking about that, it's almost funny how, like, I'm glad he didn't. he's not doing more now. Like, before, I was like, I just wish he was doing something. Don't do anything, Sting. <laughs> Wait till the one thing really shine, and then at the last second, actually go for the pin. Like, just go for it. It doesn't matter even if you're supposed to lose. They're because, going to bury you. Yeah, like, it's... There, there's, it's not a win-win. I had not thought about that at all. God. The big WCW <laughs> stuff all flamed out. You know what I mean? When those WCW guys came in, they didn't get pushed hard. They got managed by Steve Austin. Uh, and, you know, when the merger happened. Even the NWO kind of flamed out in WWE, I, right? I, Lasted I, for three months or something. I completely missed that. I absolutely missed that entire, like, new NWO. Business. Totally flamed out. The Goldberg... Who was about had about the easiest formula in the world to push? I mean, they yeah, that didn't work. I mean, Vince does not like to put over stuff that was huge outside of his company. Well, I, I the fact that you're mentioning Goldberg, they put Goldberg with Lesnar at WrestleMania. That was the that was when they were both leaving. Yeah, but I mean, like, granted, shouldn't have they gone all out or sort of like everyone was going to complain? They both had stuff to do. The fact that people were leaving, it's kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> You're, you're going to hang out for a little while and then go? They could have just left. Yeah. You know? ah. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't get both get a double, like a double KO count out <laughs> for both of them leaving, you know? Yeah. You're taking you're taking that momentum with you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Hornswoggle's going to come in. Well, pretty close. Gonna... They had Austin stun them both after the match. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck you and fuck you. Here's two stutters. Well, <laughs> goodbye. Speaking of double fuck you. <laughs> Hell in a Cell is Hey, got a double fuck you transition. Yeah. Uh, and John Cena is in the co-main event with Randy Orton. Right. Now, this seems to me to be, uh, I don't know, just a little bit weird. Right, Mark? This is Somebody posted some stats that I saw online and, um, and have here. Wait, well, hold on. Before you tell me those stats, yeah. I've got somebody in the guest breakfast lounge. Oh, you do? Yeah, and I figure we might as well bring him in here. I mean, granted, it's not Cena. Oh. But we've had him on the podcast before. Check it out. It's on SoundCloud. Uh, slash Curtain Jerks. Um, I've got Randy Orton on the guest, bre- the guest breakfast lounge. Should you I do? Bring him in? And then you can... Well, we let's were... talk to him about Let's this. get to the bottom of this. Okay, okay. okay. Right in here, guys. Yeah, uh, Mr. Orton, right over here, please. Just sit down down anywhere. Yeah, just anywhere you want. <sighs> okay, that's just not on top of me. Could you oh, just not on top of me? Oh, jeez, this guy. Here's a... Here, Human sit. toilet Mark Wozeka. Just sit on this stool, please. All right. Okay, thanks. And talking to the microphone, towards the microphone. It's a little bit low. Okay. Um, look, uh, we'll keep this quick, okay, Mr. Orton? I'm here to answer your question. I just want to keep this quick, keep this moving. You got it. All right. Uh, look, really, uh, okay. I just want to... Thanks for having me. <sighs> I just uh, wanted to ask you about your Hell in a Cell match coming up with John Cena. It, I was looking at some statistics somebody put together online. This is going to be the 24th time that you and John Cena have faced each other in some type of pay-per-view match, dating back to Backlash t- 2007. And this is going to be the 10th time you've faced each other in a singles match on pay-per-view. Doesn't that seem a little excessive? Just just a brief answer. Well, the first time we wrestled each other at a pay-per-view was pretty tough. 
And then the second time we wrestled each other at a pay-per-view, it was also pretty tough. But the fans loved it. And then the third time uh, we wrestled each other. Yeah. Maybe I should just skip to the later Thank round. you. Can you just skip to the, maybe the ninth? The fourth time we wrestled <laughs> oh, each other. Oh, brother. <laughs> it was pretty good also. <laughs> Look. We're just giving the fans what they want to see. No, no one wants to see you guys against each other on pay-per-view anymore. The Viper versus the Humid Upside-Down Pyramid, John Cena. The what? The Human Upside-Down Pyramid, John Cena. No one calls him that. I'm just, it's on his new t-shirt. That's not on his new t-shirt. It's a bootleg available in parking lots. John Cena, the upside-down human triangle. It does not say that. If and no one would make that because it doesn't make any sense. Draw a picture of John Cena, and it's an upside-down human pyramid. Okay. It's a pyramid coming out of a pair of jorts. Look, Randy, could you just give us a couple, a, a, maybe one sentence, a couple-word answer here on why you think... We should buy a pay-per-view to watch you guys wrestle for the 10th time. This is your second Hell in the Cell match against each other. When my dad, Cowboy Bob <laughs> Orton, yeah. taught me the basics about wrestling. About wrestling? Wrestling. Uh-huh. He pointed out the art of the long con. Yeah. Which is where in the territory, some wrestlers would face each other hundreds of times. Oh, my God. Due to the lack of television coverage based on a network proprietary deal. So these ten match, these ten single matches are only the first ten of what could be hundreds of pay-per-view matches between you guys? Anytime management doesn't know what to do, bing, bang, bada, boom, put two pancakes together and make sure there's a cage around it, John Cena, Human Pyramid, Ring of the Orb. So you're saying at least ten times in the last few years, WWE management has not known what to do. You could honestly say it's a sh- pants-shitting situation, except I didn't shit anyone else's pants. They shit their pants. No, wait, you're shitting in my duffel bag right now, actually. Is this yours? Yes! I'm sorry, I thought it was a woman's. Excuse wait, me. Get that, get out of here, Randy Orton. Shoot, shoot, get out of here, Steve, Randy. Steve, get him out of here. Shoot, shoot. Thank you, Steve. Mark, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. I just want to let you know, whenever there's a situation you get uncomfortable with, I've got this broom in the corner. Yes. Just use it to shoo them out. Yes, good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, God, what a what a creepy guy. <laughs> what a really <laughs> creepy guy. Yeah. Mark, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that if, I push, if they push the weirdness with Randy Orton, it would only get better. I yes. told this to Scott. Like, every once in a while, he gets pissed off in the ring, and he does something with his face. Or his body. Right. Just, he should do that all the time. Yeah. He needs to look like he's having seizures. Yes. Like chewing. He should be uh, biting the uh, the corner uh, ring post like George the Animal Steel. I want to see Orton doing that. Yes. Orton should be taking George the Animal Steel's gimmick. It's time. It's time. Hey, no one's ever had the gimmick of the wrestler who takes dumps in other wrestlers' duffel bags. Well, uh, Put that a, on a t-shirt. Not officially, but I think the t-shirt should say, no one's ever had the gimmick of the wrestler who takes shits in other wrestlers' duffel bags. And then underneath that, the Viper, Randy Orton. I think it's the Brown Viper. Right? It's the Brown Serpent. But, I, God, are you... Uh, do you really? Did they not know what to do because Reigns was gone? Did they just pipe Orton? Well, you gotta think that Reigns' absence has to have messed up all their plans. But uh, that's always the exciting time. That means now that Reigns is out, someone else gets to take that sort of. Gap. It's Ambrose. Yeah, which is amazing. Ambrose is feeling it. I, I, you know, I 
I, I think WWE Creative gets a lot of, you know, they, they, they take a lot of flack. I think they deserve some of it. But one thing that I, I think we got to remember right now, it's like they lost Daniel Bryan and they lost Roman Reigns. Like the two big new baby faces that they plan to be majorly pushing throughout this year. And were, people loved. Bo- and people loved both went down. And you've got to imagine that their plans were whatever they were planning was severely disrupted after those two injuries. Well, do you think it, like, I'm, I was really curious how Seth Rollins was going to fit into that, because they didn't think they were going to go Reigns and Rollins right away. Yeah. But, like, now that, Amb- like, Ambrose and Rollins, the feud is even great without the money in the bank. And yeah, That's yeah. what I liked. It's yeah. Like, it seems just like it's just a nice twist to it. I think that, I think they're getting somewhere with Ambrose, with both Ambrose and Rollins. I think they're getting somewhere with Ambrose. He's starting to really seem like a star main event guy. He's stepping up into that role. I, I feel like the character could, you know, will continue to evolve and be tweaked. I'm not sure about calling a top babyface a lunatic all the time and <laughs> yeah. promoting him as a lunatic. Like I've never, I mean, I've never quite seen that before and had it work like at a main event level for a babyface. I can't think of a comparison to that. But Stone Cold, like Stone Cold, was the, like the working the, the blue collar badass. Sort he, of. Yeah, but that's a lot different than yeah. lunatic. But that's like, the closest that I can think of. Yeah, sort of like the crazy the bionic redneck is like you're getting close to it, but you're not quite saying person who's in a 5150 hold for a week while we're trying to figure out if this person's a heart will harm themselves or others yeah yeah i think it feels a little bit like can i should i get this i think the fans are getting behind him but i think it was a little bit like should i support this guy like he's unpredictable he's, he's an anti-hero weird he's an anti-hero right i mean he doesn't fit all the qualifications but he's not attacking good guys and bad guys alike i feel like He's wearing a new t-shirt uh, on Raw this week that says Dean Unstable Ambrose on the front of it. And I thought, what an odd way to push a guy. Wow. I love unstable people! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it is funky. It's strange. I get I get what you're saying. I like the name. Honestly, I think the name Lunatic Fringe for anything is awesome. <laughs> I think it sounds like a great move to me. You know, it sounds really dangerous. I think there's just... There's so like when he when they did the ice bucket challenge and he throws the bucket in Seth Rollins' face. I wanted to see more stuff like that. Like yeah. he does, it's not that he's crazy. It's just he's sort of this cool jerk. That's kind of the vibe. That's always cool. Like, jerk is better than yeah. unstable. But, and like unstable guess, is like I might piss my pants in the middle of this promo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw up on you and then eat it off of you. It's like, is this what I want to cheer for? I brought your parents to this match. Don't worry, I baked them a cake. <laughs> yeah, like, it's sort of weird stuff like that. I think, uh, what was I saying? I had a really good point to make. No, you didn't. I think I did. Uh, I got distracted by Lunatic Fringe. It was a, an After Dark screensaver game for Mac performers. <laughs> what? Yeah. And you just started fantasizing about yeah, that? Yeah, there was a color version and a, and a black and white version. Yeah, and so you missed those days. I missed both. Yeah. Uh... Speaking of wrestling, <laughs> you should say that for every transition, always. Speaking of wrestling, <laughs> uh, do you have any new projects coming up, Mark? Anything you want to plug? Well, we talked about the um, the Daily Motion stuff, and uh, that'd be sort of my my thing. Like, yeah, I've got um, I wrote, directed two shows that are running out here in um, in Los Angeles right now. So if yeah. you're if you're out here and interested, they're both playing at Second City Hollywood. The uh, one is called Twisted, the Wickedly Ridiculous Wizard of Oz. It's a comic parody of the Wizard of Oz, sort of like how Family Guy created their own comic versions of Star Wars. Yeah. And then another one's called President Hillary. It's a politically satiric show. 
set on I Hill- forgot you're such a smart fucking guy. I am not. I am not, but thank you. That is so... Yeah, you, there's more political satire coming from Mark Orzeka than The Daily Show. But this is like a, a, a play set on Hillary Clinton's first day in the Oval Office in 2017 as president. So we'll seen, see what happens to I her. I have not seen either of these. I'd like to get comps from you at some point if I can. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Now, are you involved with... Uh, is it... Oh, Twister Dickens? Are you doing the production? There's one going on in Portland, There's right? two going on this year. This year I won't be working on either one of them, but if you're living in Portland or living in Chicago, um, there's a show called Twister Dickens. I directed it out here the last couple of years. It's do a com- get, it's a get, comic version of Christmas Carol. Go check it out. Do you get paid for the Portland version? Do I, I don't. <laughs> Did we just want two things you're not going to get paid for? I will not get paid for those. Okay, sorry. But, I, just, but, I, but, I wanted to put that out there. But they're enjoyable shows. Yeah, I so. I remember when you were working on it. It was very, very cool. I hope people go check them out if you're interested. Can I get comps to either of those? Uh, yes. I, I'm going to comp your flight to Portland. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you. I, I can't get you comps to the $10 shows out here. But I can comp you a flight to Portland, a hotel, and front row seats for the Portland Twister Dickens. Guys, Portland, that, I, that I'm not involved yeah, with. Yeah, that's this how year. popular Portland is, guys. It's that cool. Mark can look it up. Uh, you know what? Speaking of wrestling. <laughs> uh, what about you, Steve? What's going on with you? I'm just doing a lot of writing, and I've been going on a lot of auditions this week. Yes. Uh, I'm, I feel lost. I'm sure you can hear that in the podcast. Scott usually runs point on these things. Mm. I had a blast. This is You're every, doing a great job. Thanks. Every time I host, I do realize uh, when you'll be talking or I'll be talking, we talk a little bit too technically about wrestling. It's still really fun. But I always run the risk of, there was one episode where I had Phil Ranta on, yeah. and I ended up talking to him about net neutrality for about an hour. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. and That's why people listen to this show. Fans, the unpredictably. Fans uh, unpredictability. Were, fans were very quiet about it, but Scott told me like that is a like a punchline for many conversations. <laughs> like, well, if you want to do an hour on net neutrality for the show, please go ahead. You Just you are the me. lunatic fringe of curtain jerks. It's true. Yeah, I'm either gonna buy, I'm either gonna bake you a cake or your parents are gonna pee my pants. Uh, you can reach curtain jerks at curtain jerks on Twitter, curtain jerks at gmail.com. Uh, if you get a chance, listen to us on SoundCloud. Follow us on SoundCloud. Mark, if you get a chance, get on SoundCloud. It's great. Okay. It's a very good service right now. I'll trust but you. SoundCloud.com slash curtain jerks. Nobody uses backslash anymore. That's stupid. Get over it. I might not be able to get on SoundCloud soon with the way net neutrality is going. Yeah, seriously. It's tiered internet, guys. That's a super highway with slow rains and fast rains. Can we get into this for a couple hours? Yeah, can you mind if we get into this for a little bit? Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. WWE Network's going to have commercials. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yes. This is ridiculous. Yes. Keep the network neutral. Uh, keep the network I want neutral. WWE net neutrality. Yeah, WWE Network neutrality. <laughs> that's $10 that you're already paying. People are already, like... The, you shouldn't even have commercials on basic cable because you're paying for basic cable. That's right. Ah, uh, ridiculous. Yeah, commercials on the network now. Uh, who, remember when Hulu was such a big splash? Because it was like, hey, less commercials. Get to watch stuff the next day. That's great. I stopped watching Hulu because there was the amount of commercials on Hulu was comparable to that of network television. Yeah. And I'm wondering who... WWE has got such a great track record when it comes to advertising. I love it. I think their own produced commercials are fantastically weird. <laughs> I love being told what pay-per-views are brought to me by, like, uh, Castro, <laughs> TLC, brought to you by... Paper Jam, <laughs> Skittles, Flaming Hot Cheetos. <laughs> I never get a maxi pad in there or a Trojans or anything, but I feel like that's the next step. 
But what, like, I want to keep your eyes open. Once WWE Network starts having commercials, tweet at us at Curtain Jerks immediately. I'm sure it's gonna. People might not do any news items on it, but if you tweet the first commercial you see for a non WWE product, I want to hear about it because you're gonna start hearing. Uh, as soon as I think you're probably gonna start hearing WWE based commercials for the network on this soon. Enough, anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's Curtain Jerks for this week. Mark Wazeka, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a little while. I always love coming back to the show, and uh, it was awesome to be here. Thanks. Thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, for Curtain Jerks, I'm Steve Sears. I'm Mark Wazeka. Enjoy your wrestling, kids. just listen to another episode of Curtain Jerks. Oh, this is the time where you get all ten of your fingers. They've been uh, itching and ready to go this whole time. You're like, I- I'm going to wait to do this at the end of the I'm podcast. I'm going to wait until the episode's done, and then I'm going to use these things, these things I call hands. Yeah, these things I call hands, uh, not these biceps and glutes that uh, God has given me. But, but activate them, too, so you can have a full use of your hands. Yeah, uh, clench up them butt cheeks when you go to SoundCloud.com slash Curtain Jerks. Follow us, uh, like the episode, comment, tw- uh, comment during. It. You can, you should have been commenting during this episode. You can go and comment during other episodes because I'm sure you have all the time code marked in your head. Don't you hear the sounds that our voices make? You can comment on the weird noises we make. You can make weird noises of your own. You can write it down and make other people make weird noises by reading it. Yeah, it's it's very interactive. You go on there. You can comment during your favorite parts of the show. You can comment during the parts of your show that you're like, oh, that was uh, quotable. And then you put it in quotes and you stick it up there. And if you're an aesthetics person, orange accents. Right? Orange is the new black, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to be dated. (laughs) No way. No way. Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs. WCW champion if there is still around. Yeah, that's how it works. So it's the orange is the new black WCW crossover. Jason Biggs is the new championship. That belt's almost as big as his head. It is, and even bigger than that is YouTube. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's pretty big. It's a big deal. It's videos online. You can watch pictures of cats moving. Mm-hmm. And you can watch Steve act like a cat on YouTube.com slash Curtain Jerks Podcast. You can see our predictions videos on there. You can see uh, our wrestler pronunciation manuals on there, our prediction videos. Uh, did I say that twice? <laughs> Meow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, so it's all there, available for you. We've uh, got some new videos ideas. Videos ideas. Oh, this one's being thrown away. Uh, it'll get chopped up. Or it'll stay exactly the same. It'll be at the end of every episode until the end of time. Oh, please <laughs> throw that meteor down quick. <laughs> receive this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.